You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Age of Radio. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again. Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man, and as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. How's it going? Oh, you know what today is. It's my favorite day. Yes, baby. Shake and bake and some pigskin. How we doing? That's right. Pork rinds and shake and bake. Oh, wait. We're talking about football. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But shake and bake comes from the NASCAR, and if you're not a fan of Tyler Dagan Nights, well, you know, welcome to the club. (laughs) Welcome to the club. I'm not that much of a fan of Tyler Dagan Nights. Really? Yeah, it wasn't that great. Well, I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. Uh, It's had some its moments, but... It really made NASCAR look stupid. <laughs> well, I think that was kind of the point. No, well, that was a little yeah. too much. It, it is Will Ferrell, you know. He, he's kind of got a certain, certain comedic, you know, yeah. background about him. So, right. All right, man. But well, first off, let's go ahead and uh, get into some NASCAR notes. Let's do it. Another spot gone in the NASCAR playoffs as Alex Bowman took a late lead with 10 laps to go at Richmond and got to victory lane. This would end up being another race this season for ten, for driver Denny Hamlin, who had dominated but failed to win and gave up the lead to Bowman. This is the first time in nearly four years that, they, that we saw the number 48 car at victory lane. This victory also comes on the same day as the number 48's former driver, Jimmy Johnson, made his IndyCar Race Series debut in Alabama. Bowman it had, uh, did have to overcome a penalty on lap 247 for a loose tire on pit road, but managed to rally for the win. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the victory for Alex Bowman and Denny Hemlin struggling again to finish off a race? Uh, yeah, that always sucks. I mean, but that's that's really how it goes. I mean, with with racing and anything like that, it's 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 a chess game, dude. Like if you. If you don't pit properly, if your mm-hmm. if your car is 
missing just by a little bit, right? You know, you're you're done, dude. Mm-hmm. So I mean, for uh, Bowman, that's pretty cool, though, dude. Yes. I mean that that that's how you want to win is is like that that last chance win is like it's like yeah, dude. Right. Getting off, they getting that. That's uh, exactly how they. Pass. That's exactly how they like to win it. So right. It's even more fun when you uh, get it on the very last lap and you come around the corner and you just get right on something yep. and, and, yep. and get right around. It's even more fun. But 10 laps, that's still pretty hard to hold off somebody, especially yes, as dominant. It, it is. Especially as dominant Hamlin has been this year. Um, I just kind of feel sad for Hamlin, man. He just can't seem to get another win. He would be probably the top guy right now. I mean, I'm sure he is. We actually looked over the standings at some point, which we will beginning next week that he's probably right there near the top of the standings but he just can't seal the deal any uh, right now and man otherwise he'd be who he'd be dominating this this season oh yeah all right so next up again and alex was at victory lane this uh in a race this past sunday but this one was alex palo in the indycar series palo picked up his first career win in his first race with chip canassi racing as we mentioned earlier uh this was jimmy johnson's uh made his debut in the Indy series and he and he is also a teammate of Powell's for Chip Canassi Racing so obviously Johnson came with much more fanfare when he was signed to the team Johnson would finish 19th Chip Canassi did take a gamble on Paulo who has spent one season driving for Dale uh, Cognier racing um, with one podium finish and only led one lap all year so the gamble looks like so far a success so Cooper your thoughts on Paulo in his first career victory in Indy and Jimmy Johnson making his Indy Car Series debut. I mean, for both of them, this is pretty cool, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. As long as he can, he can keep with the momentum. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that that's that's all it is for for a team is they want to keep winning. If they can keep winning, then they're good to go. All right, makes everything look good for um, everybody. And like I said, Jimmy's going to be interesting because, you know, he's so used to being a stock car, seven-time NASCAR champion. So it's going to be really interesting to see, interesting to see what happens. Um, I, th- I think him. it's pretty cool, dude. Like, uh, it's it's a new challenge. It is. Um, it's definitely going to be a new I challenge. I know probably them guys, after a while, they get bored with it. Seven-time champion, man. It's like you get to the point where it's like, what am I doing? Right. I mean, I, I've done everything I can do. Let's try something new. And yeah. maybe it's just something different for him. All right. So. The only thing I would have understand if he would have tried for because uh, obviously that tied him for first in championships with uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. and of course um, Richard Petty. Yeah. So trying to get number eight would have been something to would have been something to to just say hey. Um, of course, I'm still one of those fans who believe that well some of his championships shouldn't shouldn't count since they did cheated in some of their races during that season. Yeah. So I was kind of like with him and Chad Canass. Yeah, I'm that, like, that's eh. how we are with cheaters. We just like. That's why we, we don't like Tom if, Brady. If we know you're a cheater, we just don't like you. Right. So you're the same uh, aspect of uh, Tom Brady. Us, <laughs> so, you know, we hope you have. Never mind. We're, we're going to get into what I was about to say. <laughs> we, won't, we won't go on this soapbox. No, let's stay off that soapbox. We're already going to have to deal with that a little bit here <laughs> later. Uh, but, uh, so next up, we got for the first time since 2018, NASCAR will have a female driver in the Cup Series. When Jennifer Jo Cobb makes her debut this Sunday at Talladega, Cobb will be driving the number 15 Chevrolet for Wickware, Rick Ware Racing. Don't try to say that five times fast. Holy cow. 
on April 25th. At age of 47, Cobb will also be the oldest driver at Talladega. Well, expected to be the oldest driver. You know, one of the older ones decided to hop in there for older than her. You know they could. Uh, Cobb has raced in five of the six truck series races thus far this season and had a 19th finish at Daytona in the season opener. So, Cooper, your thoughts on our first female driver since Danica Patrick hung him up. Awesome, dude. Uh, I, I say bring on the female drivers, dude. Because mm-hmm. I think female drivers are just as good as the male drivers. Like, I think women are just as good at everything as a man is. Mm-hmm. Just they they go about doing things a little bit differently than we do. Yeah. In fact, I think sometimes women have more patience than we do. So, you know. Right. But then again, if you've seen my mother drive. Uh, which I have. Beg, you would beg to differ. <laughs> and I do. I really <laughs> beg to differ. Your mom was driving a minivan last there, there, she was there's in There's always race. been a joke in my family that my mom should have been a NASCAR driver. Because <laughs> she's just, she's, she's crazy out there man <laughs> she drove a minivan like it's a stock car you're not supposed to do that with a top heavy vehicle <laughs> well she just recently remarried and uh, on the way to her rehearsal she got pulled over that's not surprising it's like dude like mom i i know you're always in a hurry to get somewhere mm-hmm. but you don't have to go 80 to 100 mm-hmm. i mean Try leaving a little bit earlier. <laughs> right. You wouldn't have to go that fast. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. I mean, of course, this is also coming from a lead foot driver myself. But <laughs> at least I only go 10 over. 10 over, they give you a little bit of leeway. But when you're, trying, when you're starting to go over to 15, 20, to 25 over, that's when you start having real problems. Yeah, my mom is... Uh, is... It's quite crazy with that driving stuff. Yeah, but I really do think that's cool, dude. I mean, it gets mm-hmm. hope for the younger generations out there. I mean, heck, if my daughter ever said, hey, Daddy, I want to I wanna drive a race car, I'd be like, cool, go for it. Right. You know, I mean, her grandpa did it. Yeah. So, I mean, he he, he rode, um, drove dirt. Right. And uh, my ex's... My ex's cousin did the sprint cars, mm-hmm. so you know it's it's in their blood. So if my daughter ever said, "Hey, Daddy, I want to be a NASCAR driver," I'd be like, "Go for it, baby!" All right. So absolutely, man. It's going to be a great. It's also great for women to have another role model in this series. Definitely. And hopefully, we'll see more eventually, and have it really become more um, normalized. I would say. Oh yeah, it should be normalized. That absolutely. Especially, especially in racing, dude. I don't, I don't think there's a difference between a male and a female driver, really, mm-hmm. other than the fact of their gender. Right. All right, man. So we're gonna go ahead and switch to the gridiron now. Let's do it. All right. Monday, we learned that quarterback Alex Smith has decided to hang up his cleats when he announced his retirement via Instagram. Smith, as some may remember, spent the previous two years dealing with a gruesome leg injury that required 17 surgeries and nearly had to have his leg amputated as a result of a staph infection. However, against the odds, the quarterback would make a comeback and help lead the Washington football team to the NFC East division crown and the playoffs this past season. Unfortunately, though, he would get hurt again and end up missing the playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was also noted that he did meet with head coach Urban Meyer about possibly reuniting in Jacksonville to be a mentor to Trevor Lawrence, but Smith opted for retirement. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Alex Smith retiring? Hey, man, um, he's had a great career, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only thing he's really missing is, you know, a Super Bowl. Right. And that's that's sometimes how that goes, man. 
Really sucks. I mean, I mean Dan Marino, good example. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the greater quarterbacks and never won a Super Bowl. So. Jim Kelly, another one. Yeah, went Jim to Ke- four yes, in a row. Jim Kelly, then went to four in a row. He didn't win one. Oh man, dude. <laughs> right. It is so. a it is a hard one. Um, I honestly would have thought maybe if he was. Um, obviously, you can't change his mind now. I'm, well, I mean, he could if he wanted to, but I'm just saying. I'm honestly surprised he didn't talk to uh, uh, Tampa Bay just to sit behind Tom Brady and get a Super Bowl that way, honestly, because there's a good chance that they can repeat. That's true, too. So yeah. that would have been a good way. And he, he knows he won't enter the game unless Tampa Bay is blowing out somebody or if Tom Brady got hurt. So he's not really having to worry about yeah. so much about his own health in that aspect. But I really think it's cool what he did coming back and – and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Defying all the odds, and right. he's really going out on his own terms, which is is awesome. Yes, sir. Which is good because sometimes they don't get that option. Right. So, and speaking of that, we actually did learn of someone who didn't get to go out on his own terms today. We learned another retirement. This one in the form of tight end Jordan Reed. Reed was a stellar tight end who had a heart who was hard to cover due to his great speed. Unfortunately for Reed, concussions would ultimately derail his career and cost him an opportunity to leave a great legacy as a tight end. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Jordan Reed and his unfortunate retirement due to concussions. It's very unfortunate, dude. Uh, Jordan Reed is he's amazing, dude. That, that dude can catch like crazy. Mm-hmm. And, man, could he block, too. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's that's what you need to know in this league, dude, is you need them big tight ends, and they've got to do it all nowadays. Yep. And he really was one of them that could do it all. Yeah. So he was good at chipping blocks, laying blocks down, but he was fast. He was known for his oh, speed. Yeah. Yeah, man. He can get into the open field. You get him on a good, good, quick slant, slant out of the tight end position. Bam, he's taken off. Oh yeah, I remember Madden, dude. I used to used to trade for him all the time because he's he's just that good. Right? He's just that fast and amazing. You can't couldn't guard him with a linebacker because he was too fast. Couldn't guard him with a corner because they're too small and he's too big. It was just. He was, but, he was unfortunately a great tight end that just never got to be a great tight end. Yeah, it is very unfortunate. But at the same time, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Concussion mm-hmm. protocols, things like that. And you don't want to see this man become a vegetable. So. Right. Thank, thank God we have this. We have the medical field we do nowadays to catch things like this. Right. Because, you know, back maybe... 30 years ago, we didn't have stuff like this. No. Nope. So, I mean, it's it's amazing that they can catch it. The man has a chance to, to, you know, maybe he's got money put aside. Maybe he's made some investments somewhere. And, you know, he's and maybe he'll be set for life. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he could know. be because he, he made a lot of good money. Um, so as long as he took care of that money financially, he should be yeah. well off. So he shouldn't. this shouldn't end up being a problem for him. Um, and he's a really smart guy, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see, don't see him at some point pop up like on ESPN, the NFL ESPN, Network, maybe as an analyst or an analyst, or maybe you know a, a coach somewhere. You know that too. Yeah, well, that's a possibility. So. He is smart enough, so it's not like he's you know he's not he's not one of those typical prototypical and, dumb jocks. And, and he's you know he's a pretty boy. So yeah, you're right. ESPN might pick him up somewhere. Yeah, or you know any of the networks. Yeah. Um, he'd be a great NFL analyst. Or, like you said, possibly a coach if he wants to go that route. All right. In a not-so-surprising move, the Pittsburgh Steelers announced today that they have signed Mike Tomlin to a 
three-year contract extension. That's head coach Mike Tomlin. This deal now uh, this runs his deal now to 2024. The head coach now appears certain to go beyond the Ben Roethlisberger era in Pittsburgh, and we get to see what he'll be able to accomplish with a different quarterback under center starting in the 2022-2023 season. So, Cooper, as you're over there fist pumping in the air that your coach is signing, <laughs> dude, can I get your thoughts? I love Mike Tomlin, dude. He's badass, and uh, you know, I think maybe you know. It's kind of like seeing what's going to happen when, when, when you know, when, like we've seen with, with uh, the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. We see what he does without Tom Brady. Bill Belichick has kind of fallen on his face, but you and I have our theories about this, that he did it on purpose so that he had more money and, and better draft picks, and mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens this year. I think they... They might be the Patriots this year. Yeah, I mean, we um, saw what they spent on the tight ends alone. But I think Jesus. as far as Tomlin goes and the big Ben era about to be over, era about to be over, um, it's it's time, dude. Um, I've I've been ready to hang that jersey up for a while. Um, you know, you know, I've had a big Ben jersey for a very long time, and uh, I I've worn it. With every Super Bowl he's played in, mm-hmm. and there's been a couple times I've taken that jersey off and throw it down to the ground, and especially that one with Arizona. Hey, but you won that one with Arizona, but you were you weren't too happy in the Green Bay one. Oh, it was it was the Green Bay one? That's yeah, the right. Green Bay one. You weren't too happy. Yeah, that's yeah. the one where Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers. No, no, things. no. That's right, because because the. The Arizona one, I actually painted my face that time, and actually, like, it, it was cool. and did a whole, like, thing, because we went to a, a Super Bowl party and had a good time. It was cool. Yeah, we were at Mom's. What, did I go there, did I? Yeah, you and I watched the game together at I did? Mom's. Yeah. Oh, I thought I did somewhere else. I don't know. No, we went to Mom's and watched oh, it. Oh, cool. And Mom was like, are you seriously rooting against your f- best friend's team? I went, yeah. Because I, I, I wanted to see Kurt Warner win one more. Because you want to see Kurt Warner win one more. Yeah. And, and Larry Fitzgerald. And, right. and Fitzgerald win his. I still cannot believe that man has not won a Super Bowl. That's, talk about another great talk player who's never won one. one, right? Yeah. Come on. go Release him and let him go to Tampa. Just go to Tampa. Screw it. Right. <laughs> Speaking of Tampa. Boy. The rich continue to get richer as the Tampa Bay <laughs> Buccaneers signed another running back to their stable of running backs. The team announced recently that they had signed running back Giovanni Bernard, who was released by the Cincinnati Bengals. Bernard comes into an already overloaded running back room with Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and LaShawn McCoy. This just seems to be an embarrassment of riches for the defending Super Bowl champions that appear poised to win back-to-back Super Bowls. So, Cooper, your thoughts on another running back for the overloaded running back room in Tampa? Well, I mean, to take the pressure off the old man... It is what it is, dude. Uh, I don't like it any more than you do. Um, I don't know why they need that many running backs that are that talented, but right. I guess it worked for them, so whatever. Right, Bernard's actually another one of those running backs that just haven't got to a level where he could play because of injury, again. It's because of injury and, yep. and because of the line. and Well, and because it's Cincinnati. Yeah. Unfortunately, we hate to say that about you, Bengals uh, fans. Yeah. But it is because of Cincinnati. Your team just was like, eh, 
without without a line, without being you know getting a good block too, you you know, yeah, you're getting hit more than you are running. So right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens down in Tampa with the uh, four running backs and who ends up staying. Who, who's going to stay and who's going to be the uh, odd man out? The powerhouse. Well, I, I honestly I don't see Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette going anywhere. I don't see that happening. And Bernard might Bernard just might beat out McCoy and end up being <laughs> McCoy might end up being the odd man out in this yeah. one. All right. Um Let's see here. So the NFL and NFLPA have approved a position-specific helmet for players. The helmet known as the um, Vices, I believe that's how that's pronounced, 02-R Trench, was built for offense and defensive line players. It has bumpers on the, on the front and upper sides of the helmet to absorb energy from head-to-head contact. The, these locations uh, were tested to show that where linemen are most likely to get, get hit and get a concussion. This seems to be the first step towards getting safer equipment for the players, and in the trenches is a good start. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the players and NFL announcing new helmets, position-specific. The trenches is the best start. Yeah. Um, because, really, when, when they get hurt, dude, we never hear about alignments. Right. You don't hear about the things they go through. And those guys, they go through a lot more than... Then you know a receiver or a running back or any, they get hurt all the time. Yeah. And you know what? And sometimes there's a reason why, you know, you get a win on a Super Bowl or you get into the playoffs or whatever. Because mm-hmm. without a good line, you ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. And them guys, they deserve more credit than what they get. They get banged around like no other. And I mean, we've 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 all seen you've we've seen the. The Will Smith movie, Concussion. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's scary that some of them guys, you know, they deal with mental issues after football because of all the concussions and right. things like that. So this, this is awesome. Right. I'm happy for this because, you know, uh, I have a lot of family that, that play football that or wanting to get their boys into football, things like that. And that, that's all good and everything, but it's like, ugh, just got to be careful with it because, you know, I mean, you never know, man. Yeah, because this is another step, too, towards staying relevant because as the injuries continue to mount, especially when it comes to your head, if the NFL doesn't didn't start doing something, they were going to – Put themselves out of extinction by based off their barbaric ways. It's a barbaric sport. Of course, we love yeah. it because it, that's how guys are. We've been dealing with it since 400 some odd BC when the Romans were killing each other in the Colosseum. Yeah, the gladiators, the gladiators, yeah. and all that. You know, it, all these. You know, the Roman Greco wrestling and all that uh-huh. shit. We are into all that. We're ready for battle, and football is legal battle, whether we want to admit <laughs> right. to it or not. Right. Right. You're legally trying to knock someone the hell out in a organized fashion, basically. Right. That's my. That's why I, I remember. Um, I remember speaking to uh, the head coach there at uh, Eagle Point High School one day, and uh, he he also taught. Um, it was I think he taught like history class. History I remember. Class. I remember Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, Coach Johnson. And, and we was talking about. Like, uh, talking about, like, how football is like poetry in motion. Mm-hmm. And 
somebody, he was a linebacker, comes out and goes, oh, bullshit, it's, it's blood, it's sweat, it's tears, baby. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but if you, you're not thinking of it in a whole, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it is barbaric like that, but when you get a good, clean play where, you know, you know, your your outs go just right, all that, and you're tossing that bad boy, and somebody just, and, and, and it goes so fluent that it's like poetry in motion. It's like, and it's just like watching a video game sometimes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, whoa. I mean, it just, it's so cool. And and you're right, though. It is barbaric. And they do need to, to make sure that these guys are better taken care of. Right. And, so, and, this, is and the, this is the best start to start with. Really, it is. Because, you know, the guys in the trenches, they are starting from a position of, Standstill, and then you're smashing into each other in a split second. Yeah, yeah. and taking head headshots. And to even be considered in the NFL mm-hmm. as a lineman, dude, you're lucky you didn't get hurt in college. Right. I mean, because really, a lot of them guys they get hurt in college, and then they they never make it. Right. So. All right, man. So. We are, as we talked about, are going to discuss the mock draft of Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. We got lucky. They actually did a combo mock draft where they were the GMs of each team. So, are you excited as I am? Let's do this, brother. So, Mel Kuyper was the um, odd pick and Todd McShay was the even pick. So, uh, Kuyper will be 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, and McShay will be 2, 4, 6, 8, and 10. So, are you ready? Let's do it. So, with Mel Kuyper's first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. I mean, duh. Yeah. Easy, we, we said that with Colin. Pick, yeah. Duh. <laughs> this is the duh pick. It, this is the basically, if you pick anybody else but Trevor Lawrence, are you psycho? <laughs> because right. why are you not picking Trevor Lawrence, number one? All right, Todd McShay with his uh, first pick on the board with the Jets. He has them taking Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. As we know, I feel Justin Fields is the number two quarterback and the only quarterback outside of Trevor Lawrence where I would be willing to give him the reins day one as a quarterback. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, even Kyle Trask, when he, he may sneak into the bottom of the first round, need to sit. So, them taking Zach Wilson and then giving him the reins day one is a potential bad juju for the Jets, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, dude. Right. So. Now, someone who will actually probably get to sit will be number three pick by Mel Kuyper. The 49ers taking Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Great pick. This is the pick that really needs to be for the 49ers. There's oh, yeah. a lot of rumors out there that they're taking Mac Jones. That would just be stupid. You need Justin Fields. He's much more athletic. He's got a better arm to me than I believe than uh, Mac Jones has. And and we've talked about Mac Jones. (laughs) He's never been in a real pressure situation. So, I mean, if he goes to the 49ers, dude, he's going to be pressured all the time. Right. He's not going to have any leeway there. Nope. And luck, you know, I mean, other than the fact that he will get to sit, by, he would have got to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for probably a while, uh, unless Garoppolo got hurt, which he's been dealing with injuries. Yeah. Uh, this is why I think Fields is the better pick here because now, if you're the Niners, if you can do it, 
play Garoppolo all year if you can do it. You can't. We can't yeah. guarantee that because Garoppolo is injury prone. But if you can't, now you can let Garoppolo play all year. Let Fields learn because obviously, even though I said yes, he's the only other quarterback beside Lawrence. I let start from day one. But now you can. The other problem is is Kyle Shanahan's offense is very complex. So I'm not saying that it gives him a chance it, to to learn the, learn more more time to learn learn the playbook yeah. all that. Yeah. I'm not saying Fields couldn't do it in a pinch, but if you don't have to force it on him, why? Why yeah. would you? And that's that's what I think that will end up being the better solution. All right. So at number four, Todd McShay has the Atlanta Falcons taking Kyle Pitts. That would be unbelievable for Matt Ryan. You got yeah. Kyle yeah. Pitts, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Holy crap! Yeah, if you can't win some games with them guys, who right? That is just unbelievable. Good pick. Um, I still could see the Falcons trading back with possibly Denver because Denver really needs a quarterback um, who will probably be more than happy to jump up to get Trey Lance. They do have. We'll talk about it here. They do have Trey Lance falling um, far enough, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, though, if you're the Falcons, if you're not trading out, then Kyle Pitts has to be your answer there. Yeah. Another team that I think should trade out, depending on how things go with the quarterback situation, but they probably won't because they don't do that. The Cincinnati Bengals, according to Mel Kuyper, selects Pinesuo, offensive tackle from Oregon. He's just a beast. Is there any question to this? And I mean, I'm not trying to be a homer. He is a beast. Yeah. If you are, if you're someone who is a scout, unbiased by college influence, I know I'm influenced because I'm from Oregon and seen Oregon and all that and stuff. But the tape just shows how well in was it two full starting years, which was about almost. 28, I believe, starts, or 24 to 28 starts, one sack he gave up. Wow, dude. One sack of just he gave up a sack on Justin Herbert. One. Holy crap, this kid is just unbelievable. He's talented, and he's just going to turn out to be amazing. Should, as long as he's healthy, should be possibly a Hall of Famer. And I'm not just trying to blow smoke up his butt because it's from Oregon either. No, I'm not. Shut up. <laughs> keep telling people that. All right, number six, Todd McShay has the Miami Dolphins staying at six and taking wide receiver Jamar Chase. This is the pick that makes the most sense for the Dolphins. The only other thing that would have made, um, I don't know, I would have, uh, the Bengals, if they didn't need a lineman as bad as they did, I could have seen them taking Jamar Chase right there at five ahead of the Dolphins, only because he's worked with Joe Burrow. So, I mean, giving Burrow back a receiver he knows very well yeah. would have been really, um, really smart in that aspect. But I can see why they wouldn't go <coughs> offensive tackle and then leaving the Dolphins to pick up Jamar Chase, who is considered the best wide receiver, um, only because Kyle Pitts plays tight end. <laughs> Honestly, that's the only reason why he's considered the top receiver in this year's draft class. All right, so at number seven, Todd McShay, I mean, not Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, actually, as the Patriots trading up with the Detroit Lions, taking quarterback Mac Jones, Alabama. 
The comp for Mac Jones is Tom Brady for a lot of people, though if you ask Joy Taylor from Colin Coward's The Hurt, she doesn't like anybody comparing anybody to Tom Brady, so don't if you go by Joy, she doesn't like that comparison, period. Well, but. I think, honestly, with, they, with the way they've set this team up mm-hmm. for this coming year, this this is a good good way to go about it. Right. If Mac Jones was with the Patriots, he wouldn't he wouldn't really be in them pressure situations too much. Right, and he's got a lot of uh, offensive weapons that would help him, and also he could sit behind Cam because they do have Cam again yeah. for another year. You can let him sit behind Cam. There's not a problem with that. Yeah, and then if, then you can decide whether or not you want to bring Cam back again if you don't feel Jones is ready next the year after, or you can go ahead and just I let Jones get rid try. of Cam. Well, I know, but freaking cheater. <laughs> but then again, the Patriots are cheaters, so they like him. So yeah. Whatever, Brian. All right. So at number eight, Todd McShay has the Panthers taking offensive lineman Rashawn <coughs> Slater from Northwestern. Excuse me. This is an this is the guy who would probably be, be the top rated offensive tackle if it was not for Penasol. Honestly, he's he does really well, and he can play either side of the offensive line, and he can also slide into guard if. You need him to in a pinch. So that's a great, versatile player and a good move for the Panthers, in my opinion. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. The more, you know, the more protection you have, the better, dude. That's, that's what I say with it. All right. All right. Uh, number nine, Mel Kuyper, in his final pick for the top ten, has the Broncos taking Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. I don't think Trey Lance falls that far. And honestly, even if the Patriots were to trade up in front of him. I, that's why I don't see Mac Jones going to the Patriots at seven. If Trey Lance and Mac Jones are still on the table, I'd rather, much rather have Trey Lance than Mac Jones because the upside for Trey Lance is so much better and you can still sit him behind Cam and not have a problem with him sitting. Yeah. You don't really have a problem with Mac Jones sitting either behind Cam, but at the same time, offensive style wise, it's not going to be that much different going from Cam Newton to Trey Lance. He's almost as big as Newton is, yeah. just not weight-wise. Um, but about the same height, same mobility style and all that, where oh, yeah. Mac Jones is very limited on his mobility. He's also a little bit smaller at 6'2". So I could see where that might, to me, would be more intriguing than getting a quarterback who's the polar opposite of your current starting quarterback. Which is why I think the Patriots, when they had Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady, when Bledsoe went down, Tom Brady was still very similar to what Drew Bledsoe was. Might not have had the arm strength Bledsoe had, but still the mobility-wise, about the same height. I think actually he's a little bit taller than Bledsoe, if I remember correctly. So he actually could see a little bit better than Bledsoe could, but it was almost still the same style of quarterback. So it wasn't so different. That's why their offense really started to gel together. Oh, yeah. um, back when uh, he took over for Bledsoe when Bledsoe got injured in week three of that year. Think you're right. That's that's a lot of what these these teams have a problem with is when their quarterback goes down, dude, they're, they're screwed. <laughs> right? And their backup ends up being... And their backup is like complete polar opposites. So. In style, yeah. All right, and then uh, Tom McShay has the Dallas Cowboys drafting Patrick Sertan, cornerback, Alabama. <laughs> this is only if Dallas doesn't try to move up 
to four and take Pitts. Because all the rumors point that Jerry Jones loves Kyle Pitts. And I will not hear the end of it from any of you Cowboys fans if they get Pitts. Because you'll just be like, our offense is so good. We'll put 50 up every week. Who cares about our defense? (laughs) We got Cooper. We got Lamb. We got Gallup. We got Pitts. We got Ezekiel Elliott. And if all we got to do is keep Prescott healthy, and that's a Super Bowl. They'll just be like... And they'll just be sitting there going, shut up. You haven't won a Super Bowl in 25 flipping years. And you haven't been yeah. <laughs> to one either since you last won one. So, zip it. My team's been three times since you last been. Shut up. <laughs> His team's won a couple since he lost to you guys in the 90s in that last Super yeah. Bowl you won. So, at least his team's also got that going for him. With two different head coaches. So, eh. And you, you got a better record. You're two and one. I'm one and three. So, you know, I'm <laughs> saying, lucky bastard. <laughs> well, it's the Steelers, bro. We, uh, you, know, you can't really say much about them. I can try. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get very far between <laughs> you and Steeler Nation and your terrible towels that you just like to wave in my face. But, you know, it's okay. All right, man. So, uh, I, I, well, it for me. Well, you're trying to ram it down our throats, so whatever. <laughs> Careful how you say that. <laughs> Careful how you say that. You might get some people to tune out now. <laughs> they might just turn Jersey off. Please don't go away, Jersey. We love you for downloading all of our episodes. Yes, we love you so much. Oh, man. Uh, so, be sure to tune in Thursday. We should have Worldwide Sports Talk back. Should. Keyword. Should. Should. We're, we're not promising anything. Cause, Anymore. Because, yeah, this is just, it's it's become bad. All right. Uh, but, of course, we'll be back with uh, Saturday Wrestling Talk. That's usually for sure. Uh, of course, Sunday's uh, Baseball Basketball Talk. And, of course, uh, next week we have our pre-draft episode of NFL Talk where we talk, of course, Daniel Jeremiah's top ten, and then we give you our 2.0 mock draft yes, for the baby. whole first round. And, of course, we'll also talk about what happened at Talladega. Oh, yeah. Because we can't forget about Talladega. Shake and bake, baby. That's right. Got anything else to add, bro? Nah, man. I'm good to go. This was fun, dude. It was. All right. So, thank you all for tuning in. And, as always, keep on talking sports. Thanks for leaving me hanging. Sorry, bro. I wasn't sure what you was doing, but you did it. Hey, you did it good, dude. Peace out, y'all.